the other part about it too was that I realized things I say to my kids all the time. I mean, self-help, motivation, be you. It's a dime a dozen, right? And I kept saying, why am I, what's so good about what I'm going to say? And then I kept thinking, because it's from me. It is me and no one else is me. And either one person will like it or 10 people will like it. And that's okay. Welcome to the Rebel Souls podcast, where we flip the middle finger to the status quo. I'm your host, Shelly Paxton, lifelong rebel, liberator of souls, and author of Soulbatical, a corporate rebel's guide to finding your best life. Settle in as we dive deep with badass leaders who are rebelling for what matters most in life, business, and the world at large. I'm so happy you're here. Let's get this revolution started. Hello, hello. Welcome back, fellow rebel souls. I'm so excited that you are tuning in. I hope you're loving this as much as I am. And I have a really fun and inspiring conversation in store for you today. It is with my friend, both old and new, and I'll explain that a little bit, my friend Christina Glickman. Christina is an author, an entrepreneur, a clean beauty advocate, and a mother of four. She's also a former advertising professional ad executive like I was for so many years and actually off, off camera and not recording. We caught up and realized that we had pretty much crossed paths and even worked at some of the same companies together. So really funny. And it was actually a local gym that brought us together in spin classes, indoor cycling classes, a couple, probably a few years ago. And at the time, we kind of connected and yet didn't really connect, didn't really have a chance to go deep and then kind of lost touch with each other. And with the work she's now doing in the world and her new book that she just released, which is called Extra, The Art of Being, it's brilliant, you guys. The book is meant for the person who's looking for permission and inspiration to be themselves the power to look, dress, and feel exactly who they are meant to be. Christina is 100% rebelling for unapologetic confidence, full stop. And she talks about her own bold, unique, and beautiful self-expression and how she came into that for herself, why she's such an advocate for it in the world, And her book is so cool. I show it on screen for those of you who will be watching this. If not, look it up. But it's it's almost like a mini coffee table book because it's really leveraging her love for fashion, her husband's talent in photography, all to create a really powerful little book around just some some amazing quotes and stories and just her life's philosophy on living your truth and living fully into your own expression. And you guys all know this is my jam and I know that it's your jam too. So there are, there's lots of yumminess, lots of goodness in what we dive into in her own story, her own journey, how she got to this point 
And yeah, go even through some of my favorite parts in, in the book and some of the stories that, that she shared in her book and, and just her own expression in the world and how she's passing this along to her kids, how she advises other women in the work that she does. And so I just love it because this whole idea of being versus doing is a big deal. Like how we're showing up in the world is something I love to talk about. And I want all of us to be more conscious of and believing in ourselves first and foremost, ourselves and our worth. And we get into so much of that good stuff. And this was a real treat because Christina and I just recently reconnected because of my book being in the world. And now her book just came out a month ago. And you guys, it's already an Amazon bestseller. I'm going to gift this to so many people in my life, including my 17-year-old niece who absolutely loves fashion and is big into the body positivity movement and is more confident than I ever was at 17. So this is a book for all ages. She did Christina didn't write it thinking that it would appeal to young adults or people younger, but it it really has. It's, it's appealed to a wide spectrum and I can totally see how that's possible. So you'll hear us get into this and even like what was her impetus for wanting to write a book and you'll love the answer because you know what? Sometimes we have no idea what we're actually starting to create. We're just taking one freaking step at a time and it becomes something. Thing. And it's really fun to hear what her process was and how she was just experimenting and, and see where she landed. So I won't tell you anymore. We're going to dive in. It was such a cool reunion. And now yet another conversation that was kind of unfolding in real time as part of this episode. I did the same thing with Cornell Thomas and it's really, really fun and inspiring. And I hope you guys get as much out of it as I did. So as I always say, buckle up for badassery. And you will not believe this woman is so freaking badass. All you have to do is take a look at her picture, see her hair and her outfits and the way she expresses herself. And she is effing unapologetic and I love it. So let's dive into our conversation with Christina Glickman. Enjoy. Before we begin, I want to share an offering from my soul to yours. If you've achieved traditional success only to realize that you're living someone else's dream, then this will start you on a profound journey toward becoming chief soul officer of your own life, just like I did. I'm gifting you a free chapter from my book, Soulbatical, A Corporate Rebel's Guide to Finding Your Best Life. It's called Liberating from the Shackles of Should. And if you're ready to, then visit soulbatical.com to download it for free. That's S-O-U-L-B-B-A-T-I-C-A-L.com. Warning, side effects include intense joy and fulfillment. Hello and welcome back Rebel Souls to the Rebel Soul Podcast. I am so excited to introduce an old and a new friend of mine, Christina Glickman, who is kind of a neighbor, a friend, a former workout mate at a gym, a brilliant author, beautiful soul, mother of four, and 
so many good things. Oh my God, Clean Beauty Advocate. If I didn't say all this stuff in the intro, I just want to reiterate what a magic human she is. And I'm so excited to have her today so we can dig into, well, lots of things because this is like, you and I are going to start exploring stuff that I wish we would have started exploring years ago. And we have such a good excuse, which is your new book called Extra, The Art of Being, which just came out last month. So welcome to the podcast, Christina. I'm so excited. Thank you. I am too. It's going to take everything in me not to actually fire back questions on you and derail us completely from what your podcast is about. But I am so, so grateful that we have connected in this way again. I think our paths were meant to, and I'm just very, very honored to share space with you. So thank you for having me. Oh, thank you. And you guys, this is such a, this is a great example of like the synchronicities that happen when you have an open mind, when you have an open heart, when you are on your path, man, does the universe deliver. And I feel like this is exactly one of those moments where it's like, oh, right, we weren't, it was not the right timing back then. And it's the right timing exactly now. So here we are and ready to dive in. And the one question, when I remember, I've been sort of bad about this, but when I remember, I like to lead with the question, what are you rebelling for? And then we can kind of start to unpack all that goodness because I know you wrote a little bit about it. So Christina, what are you rebelling for? You know, I think in the most sort of generic way is that I say women, but it could be people. I want women to believe in themselves and to have this unapologetic confidence. And that might sound so generic, but for me, that seems to be what has been the hiccup from every every walk of life that I've encountered, especially in the past five years. And I just, you know, if you could unlock that and believe in yourself and have the confidence to do what you want, whatever it might be, suddenly it disarms so much and the world is open to you in ways that it never has been. And so I, I'm so eager to continue to talk and share because if there's one thing that resonates or lands on someone's heart that says, you know what? Yeah, I can do that today. Or I'm going to show up today or I'm going to go for it today. And I mean, in the smallest of ways, I'm not talking some heroic effort. That to me is how I believe in my bones that I was meant to serve. And, you know, I'm 47 years old and it's really only been in the past couple of years that I've discovered that at least for now, this is my true calling. And maybe in five years, it it morphs into something else. But for now, nothing feels as good to me as trying to help anyone discover that, you know, they really are meant for more. I love that. And is that where extra came from? Both you using the term and you writing the book. I want to dig in a little bit to that journey of like you finding your own confidence, you living extra and then deciding to write the book. Yeah. And it's so funny too, because there's so much about that word actually that I that scares me because it was never meant to be wear crazy hair, don't match your clothes, be loud, be the shining star in a room. Like all those things actually make me go ew and ick. Extra was meant to be how you show up for yourself in your everyday life. Extra is whatever that is. Because to me, I feel like the special part of my journey for me is that I always seem to do a little bit more. And again, I don't mean big things. I just mean that when I was given a task or or given an opportunity or whatever it is, I always took it a little bit further. Also, because I just knew I had to work hard. And I say this often, I'm sure you, you know, believe the same that, you know, there is no magic, there is no fairy dust and hard work is hard work. And so for me, whatever endeavor I was doing, I knew I had to do a little bit more. So that's the extra. The extra was never meant to be. And the irony sort of about that is I actually don't want a spotlight, even though I know I come in strong because of this look. 
it's really only because I don't know another way to be. It's not because I'm like, oh, look at me, jazz hands. I have, you know, this going on. In fact, I, I actually want to push it away. I actually don't want it. But at the same time, for me not to show up like this is not showing up as myself and I can't do it. Yeah. Well, you know, one of my favorite lines is authenticity is the truest form of rebellion and you've got it in spades, right? That's exactly what you're doing. It's like, you're like, well, to not have the hair and the look and the, the bold presence would to not, it would be, you know, not Christina Glickman. It wouldn't be truthful. Yeah. It's not the way I express myself. And, and, you know, this is kind of a sidebar, but I was in DC a couple of years ago. I got the lucky opportunity to meet with Congress and try to fight for more health protective laws, which is part of my advocacy work. And I remember saying to Adam, my husband, you know, I needed to dress responsibly. <laughs> if that makes any sense. So I'm like, well, I shouldn't wear my big hoops and my oh. hair is enough. I have to dress conservatively. And I said to him, I'm afraid that I won't bring my best self. I'm afraid that I'm, when I speak as a constituent on something I'm passionate about, I won't feel like me. I was so concerned that I wouldn't be able to present myself because I wasn't, the shell of me wasn't being allowed. And again, not that it wasn't allowed, but you know, if you really want to make your point, you don't really show up to Congress looking crazy. Like it's probably not. Or do you? <laughs> or do you? You could, but I guess I was trying to think of the greater good, which was let's tone it down. So mm -hmm. even for me, it was toned down. But my point is that I feel that every day, you know, showing up as somebody that's not yourself is so exhausting and suddenly makes you feel competitive. You're not in your lane. It makes you look around. The moment I enter a room, which is often, and I think you're smarter than me, you're better looking than me, you are more successful than me. I take that all in and then I just stop and say, okay, so like good for you and let me clap for you and let me champion you, but it's not about you, it's about me. So what do I do for me? And then all of a sudden, I don't feel threatened by you. I don't feel, if anything, I want to learn from you. I want to, you know, try to figure out the best parts of you so that I can try to, to, to you know, I wouldn't even say emulate them as much as it is learn. And yeah. so I don't know. It just helps me realize that, again, as simple as it sounds, being yourself is one of the hardest things you could possibly do. But once you start to do it, you realize it's so much easier than trying to pretend. It's so true. And that's the exact journey I love. I mean, this is probably the core of why we were brought back together because this is the journey I've been on for three and a half, almost four years since leaving Harley was really reconnecting with my soul and saying, who am I at the core? What is my essence? And what is my true calling? What are my real gifts? What am I meant to be sharing with the world? And I've been discovering that. And it's been such a beautiful journey. Not an easy one, exactly as you said but such a beautiful journey. So I would love if we can back up a little bit, what has your journey been that led you to this, that led you to who you are today and wanting to share this message with the world? What, is it, what did it look like for you to find the essence of you and to find your confidence in, and start to you know, be you fully in the world? Sure. I think I'm continuing to unravel that, but I can yeah. tell you to the best of my knowledge where I think it comes from. And I also believe that, you know, every opportunity and every path for me, there was, it revealed a greater good. 
right? So I, I feel that my journey in advertising really got my confidence because I had to speak a lot, right? You had to like work a room, you had to do all these things. And while again, I wasn't trying to get from A to B, I was just kind of doing my own work. I think that that started to develop the bones for me of being confident. And also I will say, which doesn't sound great, faking it. Because, you know, you go into a room and, and you're faking it, right? You're just like, presenting things and you're saying how things are going to go. And in that field, I don't mean you're lying, but you really just have to have the confidence about that of these things. Then I think that at a young age, I was in my twenties at that time, it just started to build this confidence. And then I will say that a few other things is that I do feel that, you know, in my own journey, I lost both my parents and I believe that those wounds and those scars develop this sense of self that you realize that the world is not ending, that you know you can have the confidence to kind of go out and do what you need to do because it's not, nothing's an emergency. you know. And until you kind of have lived through some of those lives, I don't know if, if those are seasons of life. I don't think you take a 20-year-old and just say, do these things and you will, you know, it's, it's experience, life experience. And the one thing I will say that was a turning point though in my journey of confidence and where I am today has definitely been my work with Beauty Counter. So in the past five years, you know, I said yes to that opportunity because I felt passionate about it. I had some financial things I wanted to, to do, but I didn't want to go back to my career in advertising because it's a grind and a 24-7 and I just didn't want to do it. But what I discovered in that journey is a collection of women in particular that were amazing, but they didn't really believe in themselves. And I, I'm lumping a lot of them together, but it was always the stumbling block for them about being worthy enough or valued enough or having a strong enough voice. And it suddenly started to click to me, wow, there are so many amazing people out there that just need to hear that they are okay and that they are worth more. And they that are enough. They are yes. enough. Like you come to the table, amazing, as is. And instead of you trying to be all these other people and, and people would ask me all the time, like, well, how did you get to where you are? And how, like, it's not about me. Like, let's talk about your gifts and your strengths and your powers and all of that. And so for me in building my confidence, obviously it's been a long journey, but there were two major milestones and that was my advertising career. And then with beauty counter. And that really revealed to me that the only reason why I really not only, but experienced the success I did, I believe was because of confidence. Yeah. I, I really believe that was the cornerstone to it. And to me, that's what holds people back. What advice do you give? So when you meet incredible women, whether it's through, and I, and I think this is a women thing in particular, we have women and men, you know, listening and watching. I believe it's human. I believe women are probably you know, saddled with this a little bit more. What advice do you give? How do you help women find that confidence within themselves? Sure. Well, I always like to start with like, what's the consequence? So if somebody mm -hmm. says to me, oh, you know, I, I don't want to do X, Y, Z because because I don't want to do it. Okay, so why? You're worried that you're going to get a side eye stink eye from a friend. You're worried that you're going to fail. You're worried, and then and then when you break down the consequence of it. Okay, so let's say that it's a really bad one, which is I don't know. You're going to lose your job. Okay, so let's break that down. You're smart. You're educated. You can get another job. You can. So for me, it's always about what's the consequence, and usually it's not that big of, of losing an income. It's more of just I'm afraid people think of me. I'm afraid. And I always go back to, well, I'll tell you what, if you know me and you love me, then you think my intentions are good. And even if you think like, I would say that I would always, I'd always say, even if you think my book is crap. So my husband loves me. My kids love me. I'm not dying. 
it's okay. And so I just think that we put so much weight into our action. And when you break down, what's the worst thing that happens? Yeah. The worst thing, oh, I'm a little embarrassed. I'm, and that, that's when I go back to that no one cares about you. They just don't. They're so busy, worried about themselves. So, you know, I use the book as an example because I used to say to myself, why am I worthy of putting a book out there? Like, and I'm a confident person, right? But, but why, how, I had to give myself the permission to say I'm going to put it into the universe. I hope that a few people it, it speaks to. But if it doesn't, so what? I did it for me. Like, and that's enough. And, and so I just feel like when you break down what's the worst thing that can happen, that's usually how I talk to women about it, of like, well, tell me what you want. Tell me why you won't go for it. And, and it usually becomes pretty clear. And it's silly stuff. Like, I don't want to do an Instagram story because I'm so worried that, you know, my double chin's going to show. Right, exactly. Well, well newsflash, we all have like 12. The other thing is no one cares about yours because they're looking at theirs. Exactly, exactly. And then all of a sudden it kind of peaks open where it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, and you know what? I think people are also afraid of like, well, it's afraid of being seen, right? That's where a lot of the fear comes from. Because yeah, it's like, if I'm truly seen, that means you I need to be vulnerable, right? And that's scary. Putting your story out into the world. I put my story out into the world. Not everybody is going to love our stories. That's okay. I'm confident that there are many that received and was like, eh, like what's this? Oh and, yeah. You know, and I think that also similar to you, when you're okay with that result, it doesn't, it doesn't harm you. If I'm freaking out about, you know, of course I was nervous the second it was in the universe and people could buy it. And, but then I slowly just kept remembering it's okay. Yeah. And it's tied to your purpose of really like, this is part of your calling. And I think when we're anchored to our purpose, we work through that fear. We can get through that fear because that's strength. It's really beautiful strength. So I'm curious, so what led you to say, okay, I am going to write the book? Because when you said that earlier, it's so resonated. It's like, well, who am I to put my story in the world? I had that exact same narrative. And I'm guessing so many people who are listening to or watching this have that narrative. And I'm such an advocate for saying, no, everyone needs to share our story. And the more we share our personal story, the more we hit the universal, the universal of pain and hope and joy and all of it. I mean, I love it. All your words that you're saying are all the things that I've read of all of your work that just resonate so much with me. And I think that for me, it was once I decided, once I realized that writing a book and again, just as a little background, my gold ring is to be a speaker to women, right? And so the book came out of the fact that, well, I need a platform. They need, people need to know who I am, right? Like, who is this person? And the second that I sat down and I said to myself, actually, writing these words in this book is not selfish. It's more service because my true intention is to serve. And if that's the case, then it's not me, 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 because that was my concern. And it was, it was that one, it's all about me, right? Then I thought, no, but that's not my, my purpose. And then the, you know, the other part about it too was that I realized things I say to my kids all the time, I mean, self-help, motivation, be you, it's a dime a dozen, right? And I kept saying, why am I, what's so good about what I'm gonna say? And then I kept thinking, because it's from me. It is me and no one else is me. And either one person will like it or 10 people will like it. And that's okay. 
And my journey is worth sharing. Yours is worth sharing. Everybody's is. And so once I gave myself that permission, I was able to then realize that the book was the way. And I'm going to derail a tiny bit, but I think this is kind of an interesting thing for folks is that my whole journey to get to the book, this is all hindsight. Doing my beauty counter job, which I love. It's my career. My second parent had passed away. I suddenly had more opportunity besides taking care of my children. And I said to, to Adam, I'm so missing my creative outlet. I'm so missing that because all my pie chart was filled, right? I just didn't have time for it. Suddenly I thought, you know what? I'm not a caretaker right now. I've got some time. I'm going to put it back into myself. I love fashion. Adam is also a photographer. And so I said, well, I don't know why you started taking pictures of my clothes. Like, why don't we try to do that? And if you actually look back at my old Instagram feed, my head is cut off because I didn't want, yeah, I didn't want it to be about me. I wanted to be about the clothes, right? Because I thought, again, very nervous. Like, I don't want to put myself in the universe because I was getting comments like, are you trying to be a model? Are you trying, oh, gross. No, none of that. I'm trying to show my expression of me. I wasn't tagging things because, again, nothing wrong with this, but I didn't want to be an influencer. I don't want you to buy my pants. I I literally was just showing like, wow, this is how I come out into the world and it makes me feel good. And so I decided at that moment, I'm going to forget what what people think of me. I'm going to keep sharing the fashion. And then I realized it wasn't really the fashion. It was really the message behind the fashion, which was about being yourself. And that's when the real meat happened where I thought, you know what, Adam, this is not about my pants. This is actually about the confidence to wear my pants because I feel confident in me. And that's how the journey unraveled for me. And again, I kind of go back to listen to yourself, listen to the whispers, listen to your gut that you want more. And you don't need to know what more is. I'm still clueless. I have no idea. We get off this podcast here. I have no idea what I'm doing with this book. I sure hope something happens. I don't know. But I'm I'm trying to say yes to everything that feels good in my heart. I'm trying to filter it through joy. I'm trying to be as honest and transparent as I can be. And so I share that story because had I need to figure out what I was doing, right? Everyone says, what are you doing? What are you doing? I would have done nothing. Yeah. I love those two filters. Say yes to what feels good in your heart and filter it through joy. Those are two beautiful takeaways for everybody who's listening to this. I love it. I could have really veered off because then people were saying, oh my gosh, you know what? You should totally, you should be a stylist. You should tag your shoes. You should. And I said, I don't want to. It gives me no joy. I want you to be who you want to be. I kind of, I don't want to dress you. (laughs) Like, it's just not my thing. And so, but I had to keep stopping and saying, that is not my joy and and nothing wrong with it, but it kept me focused because now how lucky am I that I get to be on here talking to you about what my greatest joy is. I know exactly. I mean, I feel so lucky. And it's at the intersection like of our shared joy, which is so cool. Right. Yeah, it's so it's so powerful. And I just have to say, so I'm going to do this feel like a little ad break, but you guys, if you aren't following Christina, it's at Christina Glickman. But I have to say, I am saying it from my heart. I am not saying it because we are having this conversation. Your Instagram feed has always been one of my favorites. It's bold and it is joyful and it is full self-expression and it is beautiful. And the art and the magic that you and Adam create together with your combined gifts is so freaking cool. That's so nice. 
I, I'm really, I'm also so follow because you will not be disappointed. And I'm super curious. So what is it like? So you were in advertising, you end up marrying the creative director who's now your husband. He's still in that business. And yet you guys do really, really awesome work together in your Instagram feed. And now the book, which he did all the photography for, right? This book would have never happened without him. I mean, no way, shape or form. I mean, he is... He is the most humble, talented man, and it, it was a great it was a great partnership because he gets to do what he loves, which is to his photography was born out of you know doing commercials and stuff, but now that's another passion of his. And yeah, again, it, it just sort of works for us, and I think that it was another. I, there's just so much backstory. Like I just think what's so funny is that between the two of us and how this book even happened, you know, we just had no idea what we were doing. He would be like, go put on an outfit and like, let's go outside or let's, there was no big intention. And I always say like, even, you know, the book launched in Corona times and I had some big launch plans and you would know, cause you just launched yeah. this in January. And so all my book plans were gone. And so we were, we were in the middle of, you know, homeschooling. And I, I looked at Adam and I said, I'm going to launch the book today. He's like, what do you mean? I go, I'm just putting it out there. I'm, I mean, am I waiting for a marching band and, you know, dancing teddy bears? Right. What, what's happening here? Nothing's happening. And so again, I only share that because we put so much gravity just on doing it right and doing it well. And people will say to me, do you have a big marketing plan? And do you have a PR thing? And do you, no, I'm not saying that you shouldn't have those things. I'm just saying if they stop you from moving forward, that's not okay. Like you cannot be paralyzed by those things. None of us are doing, are crushing it. None of us. We're all just trying to do the best we can. Yeah. And so I think that message is, you know, take in. I mean, I was lucky enough that I had Adam with me, but think about like your own life and what you want to do and friends and collaborators, whatever it might be. And like, have fun with it. And it all started with that joy. We had fun with it. And so that's why it all kind of came together. It wasn't this I want to do a book and I want it to be this many pages and I want you to film me like this and I want, it just wasn't that way. Yeah, I always say every badass accomplishment is a series of tiny steps. And that's exactly what you just described. It's like all I knew was I was going to take the next right step and then the next right step. And then let's see what we have. Let's see where this thing goes. And that's when the magic happens because you're creating space for the magic to happen instead of scripting every moment. Exactly how we said we were doing this conversation. It's like, let's just see where the energy flows. It's beautiful. And how lovely that, you know, you and I probably would have connected if it had just been fashion, right? Yeah. Like there was a whole other layer there that because I took the time to like dig in, it now to me is, I mean, I, I've been saying this, like I've been looking forward to talking to you forever. I mean, such a joyful moment for me. And I just keep thinking if I didn't say yes to myself and allow it to happen, and I don't think that there's any bad path ever. You know, yeah. I think that they're all for reason somehow. Exactly. And we discover and we have, this is what, this is where I'm big into trust and surrender. It's really hard sometimes, but trust and surrender and take that next step. And I just want to say like, this is going, so this is Christina's book for those of you who are watching. And what I love about it is, well, the fashion and photography is a piece of it, but you're right. Like it's all about the art of being, which is literally your subtitle. And I talk so much as a coach about being versus doing and being in terms of how we are showing up in the world. So many times we busy ourselves and busy ourselves and we're, we find value and validation in the doing 
versus in the being. And this is so much goes deep into that being. And I'd be remiss in not saying you're an Amazon bestseller. Hello, girl. Congratulations. Kind of shocking. It's so cool. Kind of fun again, because when I look back, you know, I didn't, I didn't really set out to do a book, you know, that I just really wanted to talk to people. And if there's anything that I like to get across to everyone again, which is so generic, it's like, you can do anything you want. Like, what do you want to do? Do you want to make socks? Then I'll be your biggest champion to make socks. Like, what is it? And I think that, you know, you know, as well as I do is that that energy is infectious. Like, I love women supporting women. I love championing other people. Life is hard enough lift people up. And and you don't have to believe wholeheartedly, like just support people. And I just feel like if we can continue to do that message, you know, women won't be so afraid. So afraid of going for it. Like we have one life and why do we want to settle? And again, I don't mean something grand. I, I just mean like, I don't know, you like flowers? Go work at the flower shop. Like whatever it is. And I just, it like saddens me. And you know, you asked me at the very beginning, what am I rebelling for? And it just keeps going back to, I just truly, when I talk to one person that I think it's made an impact on them changing that trajectory, that is the biggest gift for me ever. Oh, I love it. I love it. So another shared thing for us, because I, I state broadly that my mission is to liberate a billion souls. And I know I can't do it myself. And I also know it's one soul at a time. Yeah. Well, you are so accomplished. My goodness. You have all of the accolades of actually being a coach and doing all of the work. You know, I literally, I don't have any of that. I'm just sharing what I know and how I feel. And I mean, I look up to you greatly just in the sense that your work is changing so many lives and it's powerful. Well, thank you. I receive that. And so is yours. And I love that we can now do this together because our work will feed off of each other and our audiences will hopefully find each other and they will be, yours will be impacted by my message. Mine will be impacted by your message. And this is how, this is how I believe we start to get those ripples that become the wave that have a massive impact for the change we're trying to create and actually the change we are being in the world. And so one I wanted to show, I love this line, don't you dare give anyone else the power to create you. And it's so beautiful. I just want to give everybody a sense for the book. Like, look how beautiful this is, you guys. You're so sweet. It's so freaking cool. I mean, I just like, I'm also like, I love design and architecture and fashion, you know, in my own expression of it. And so this is going on my coffee table. And I just love, as you can see, I put my orange post-its everywhere for all the little things I love. So I want to talk about, okay, you have four kids and you talk about your four kids in the book, which I love, and they have the coolest names. And I'm so curious, like, how are you guiding your kids to be unapologetically themselves. You gave them these cool names, which was like, fuck yeah, you guys are badass. You were born badasses. And how do you guide them from there? You know, it's so funny because again, so much of this book are the things I say to them. Yeah. You you know, and so much of my book was written in the notes of my phone in the drive-thru at Starbucks. It just would come pouring out of me because it's the things I say. And so for my kids, you know, I now have gotten the gift of seeing it show up with my older kids in ways that I never would have expected. My son won't be listening to this, so I can out him and he won't know. (laughs) So Ryder, who's 15, I now just saw his unapologetic expression of how he's feeling in this climate. 
with Black Lives Matter with, and he's a very, very, like, I wouldn't say shy, but just, you know, very chill, introverted kind of kid. And I'm seeing him use his voice in this climate. And I was shocked, shocked because we don't, I don't sit there and say like, you know, put a sandwich board on and, and, and get out there and do, but I'm suddenly seeing that my children are using their voices. And again, I don't mean, I don't mean on a microphone blaring. I mean it, confidence in who they are and I'm seeing it. And I think it's just, it is the most beautiful thing ever because as you know, you've got a role model that you, you don't, my children see me fail. They see me cry. They see me misstep. They see me keep getting up and trying. And I think all of those things give them the confidence to know that they can do whatever they want. It might not be great, but they can do it. And so, you, you know, I mean, it is, it's like a little Nick every single day. And I always joke around like, is this a scarring moment for them? Or is this a great moment? Like, I don't really know. And you, you know, you hope that one thing will come out of it. And so I just believe it's walking the walk every day, right? Yeah. And really just trying to, and also giving them that sense of responsibility in this world, that they have a responsibility to this planet to other human beings. It is not all about them. You know, you want to create, I always say like, I just don't want, I want to, I just don't want to create assholes. Like yeah. that's really my benchmark. Thank my, you. That's my benchmark, right? It's not even like, I don't, you know, I, I, and my kids go to Montessori. And so, you know, we drink the Kool-Aid on that. But my whole thing is, you know, sure. I'd like you to be smart and go to great schools or do whatever you need. I, I don't actually really care. Are you kind and compassionate? You know, are you showing up for people in life? Like to me, that is it. I'm not, my benchmark is very low. Even during all this pandemic time, I kept saying, you know, people are freaking out about the kids schooling and stuff. I kept saying, are they safe and loved? Okay, they are. We got this then. We're fine. Like, how are you mentally? How are you feeling? Because again, for me, if you can give, especially children, that sense of self at a young age, oh, what a gift. And I keep, you know, I keep even saying, again, I'll say about my son because he's not going to listen. I, I say to him often, because he's at 15 right at that age, how you behave today, I just got there when I was 40. Meaning he does what he wants to do. He doesn't really follow along. Like, and again, it's not because he's so arrogant. And so he just does what he wants to do. Yeah. And, and that, that took me years to not follow along and try to please. And, and instead, like, he's like, you know, he's not really that social, but it's because he actually doesn't really want to be. Yeah, he's so, being true to himself. Right. Oh, there's... Of, oh my God, I said to him, do you know how many like dinner parties I've gone to over the years that I never wanted to? Whereas now I can say no and feel okay. Took me 20 years. And oh. so that is just like, again, if we can, I'm doing also, which I'm quite sure that your message speaks to. I've been doing a lot of like younger girl groups too, which again, I didn't write the book for that, but it's seeming to appeal to, you know, 16 to... I don't know. So if it hits somebody in that way too, what a win. It's so funny. I shared your book with my 17-year-old niece because I was oh. just with family over the holiday yeah. weekend and I brought your book with me and I shared it because she loves fashion. She has the most the coolest sense of fashion. Like she goes to vintage shops and thrift shops and she puts together the most amazing outfits and she has this sense of style and self and confidence that just like you said about your son, I never had. Maybe maybe I've just discovered this in the past like decade, but that's it. 
and it was so cool. And I shared it and I told her I was going to send her a copy of it because she thought it was so cool. And she, she's big into body positivity and body confidence. And there's just so much of that, like believe in me and have that sense of self and confidence in, in your message. I actually love the story. So you talk about, I believe in me and you tell the story that you ran a freaking marathon <laughs> without training. It's a crazy story. I, I mean, it's true. It just speaks to, you know, your mental ability. Can you just briefly tell the story? Because I was like, wait, where is this going? Where is this going? Oh my fucking God, she's going to finish the marathon. I know. So I, you know, I had been for my exercise back in the day, what was I, 26 or something. Of course, I worked in advertising and I was just still kind of fresh. So I was not making very much money living in the city. So my form of exercise was running because it was free. So I would run like three miles. And a friend of ours was running the marathon. For those of you that know the Chicago marathon, you can sometimes go meet somebody, run with them for a little bit. It's a, it's a fun thing. So I was going to meet her at her first mile and run with her for a few miles. And the, the story goes that I kept looking at each mile marker and I ended up running the whole marathon. And it was so shocking, but at the same time, it really just spoke to that really was very me to just say, I could do this one more. I could do this one more. And again, I think that all of those steps really started to shape that I could just really believe in myself and do whatever I wanted. And I still say that. I mean, again, it's such a generic statement, but you can do anything you want. Like, yeah. And it's just sad that so many people don't even try because they're, they, they themselves are in the way. Well, we're always in our own way, right? Like so much, so much of <laughs> creating what you want in life is getting out of your own freaking way, yeah. right? And and I, what I loved in particular about that story is you looked at each mile marker and it was one at a time. So it speaks to what we said earlier. It's one step at a time. Don't think like we get so overwhelmed by these big goals and it's like, oh my God, writing a book. Well, you didn't even set out to really write a book. You were like, well, what if we did this thing? And then what if we did this thing? And then, oh, wait a second. What if we package this all together and it became something? And same thing with the marathon. Like, well, what if I just go one more and one more? It's one step at a time. And it makes it so much less overwhelming. It is. And if I sat here and got off this with you and then felt bad about myself because I don't really know what I'm doing next and I should be doing this, that is not positive energy for me. Instead, I'm going to celebrate that, oh my gosh, how lucky am I that you wanted to do this? I'm so grateful. And now I'm going to just see what else is next and and take it that way because... uh, I don't know, that, that space, that energy that can consume you like that just does no good for anybody. It just doesn't. Well, and it sucks our energy, right? We have a limited, I think energy management is more important than time management. We really sit back and think about where are we giving our energy to? What is fueling our energy? What is draining our energy? When you do that audit, you realize there's a lot of stuff in your life often that's draining your energy. Right. And that's how I make my decision on what I say yes and no to now. Because I'm like, if this is going to suck my energy, uh uh-uh. Because I make sure my energy is going toward my mission, toward conversations like this, toward doing more good in the world and putting really positive energy out into the world. That's where I want to spend my time and my energy. Well, you are. And I just love how you then now have taken from the platform of your book, this podcast and sharing people with other people. Like I just, I mean, I can't wait to see where you are in a few years. Like that's... Thank you. I hope to be standing on a stage with you, sister. Like that wouldn't be so much 
Wouldn't that be so much fun? And I have to, I, well, yeah, so many things, so many things that I want to say. I wanted to go back to the story about your parents because I found, so you talked about your tattoos as a way of expressing how, yes, yes. Okay. Can you take us through that? Because I thought, what a source of strength. You call it your power arm, don't you? Will you talk us through that? Because we all need that touchstone. And, and to me, like, I ask everybody, it's like, what's your touchstone? It's the, is it the words you look at in the morning? Is it the intentions you set? Is there something? And to me, I was like, oh my God, that's so beautiful. It's with her every day, all the time, 24-7. So yeah, tell us the story. Okay, sure. So I don't know if you can see it here. There's a Superman tattoo and then a tattoo that says mama. And the Superman tattoo, my dad was passing away and the kids were putting uh, little tattoos on his arm that were Superman. And as he passed away, you know, the kids said, oh, can we bury Papa with it on? And I said, of course, of course we can. And we all kind of kept it on our arm. And I, again, I'm already forgetting. So I'm 38. And about a week after he passed, again, because I guess I don't really do anything very scripted. Or I just said to Adam, I want to go get this tattoo like forever on here. And I joke in, in the book that I escaped, you know, getting Gamma Phi Beta on my ankle. Yeah. I escaped years of like a Hello Kitty on my side, you know, so it's kind of odd to get one later in life. And so we went and I got it. And I just said, you know, I don't want to forget the moment of pain in that. I think when you walk, again, not to be so dramatic, but when you walk through death with someone, I mean, and I did with both my parents, hospice, full taking care of them. It is an honor and it is a privilege. And I never want to forget those moments, the good and the bad and the, the slices of beauty in that are remarkable. As much as I love my parents here, it has shaped me beyond all measure. And so that was the Superman tattoo. And then a few years later, about gosh, only a year and a half ago or so ago, uh, my mom was dying. And this mama tattoo, though, that I got on my arm wasn't necessarily for her. I think full circle, it comes around and it spoke to me in that way. But it was really about the fact that there's really been nothing more in my life that has made me feel more fulfilled than being a mother. And so I felt like I want to see that on my arm every day of my life. It's what grounds me. It's what gives me strength. And I call it my, my power arm because it's really how I feel. I feel like my dad was my Superman my whole life. We all have champions in our life, and it was my dad. I mean, if I, if I so much so when people ask me about how I became me and who I am, and, you know, obviously for those of us that have had two parents in our lives, each one serves a different role. But for me, my dad was, I feel, shaped really who I am in a lot of ways. And so, yeah, so it's, it's the arm that makes me happy. And, and gives me strength when I need it. And I think it kind of goes back to that whole consequence, the world's not ending. These are real moments of pain. These are real moments in time where, you know, you've got to walk the walk when it's the most difficult. And so that's why, you know, putting out an Instagram story that you're worried about that, like, you don't like your shirt, like, that's not a real problem. I mean, not to minimize it, but th those things to me, that's just why when I hear from people what's stopping them from going for something, it's usually not you know, not that big of a deal. I mean, it is to them. I don't want to minimize it. But the reality is that I feel lucky that I've experienced those things because it's given me a different sense of self. 
Yeah, it absolutely has. And it just reminds you of the preciousness of life. You know, it's Mary Oliver's, what do you want to do with your one wild and precious life? We've, and we don't even know how much time we have. So what a gift that you look down at your power arm and you're like, that's a reminder both of the pain you went through, of the gifts that your parents gave you, and of the gift of life we have in this present moment. I mean, it really is. And I say so often to my kids, you know, every night you put your head down on the pillow and you get to decide how you did that day. Some days we do really great. Some days we don't, but that's up to you. I can tell you, I can, I can talk at you till you're blue in the face. I can do, but it's up to you. And, and that's really how I feel about like when I look at my arm thinking I'm not somebody that anyways, I don't ever look back and, and re, you know, sort of resent anything or I feel like it's with purpose. But when I looked down at my arm, I think I'm given the opportunity to have the life that I want to have. And so I just don't want to blow that. And I don't mean make mistakes. I mean, I just don't want to give up on myself. I don't want to give up on pursuing things that I want to do. And some days are harder than others, but isn't it so much more fun to show up? Well, I know we have that in common for sure. I'm curious. I love that you say in the book and you said earlier in this conversation, you know, you've got to be willing to fall, you know, fail, make mistakes along the way. So what is one of your biggest lessons that you can share with us? Because you're, you're out there and we're not out there. We are, as Brene Brown says, you are not in the arena if you are not falling down. Yeah, oh, 100%. Right? And I'm a huge believer and a devotee of yeah. Sister Brene, as I like to call. <laughs> I am too. I mean, my gosh, magic spells out of her mouth. Like, yeah, for sure. For sure. You know, I, I think that your ability to fail means that you're doing and you're moving. You, you know, if you're not, that means you're not doing. And I think that the idea is, is, the, is all mindset, right? You have to assume, or this is going to sound negative, but I don't think it's negative. I'm, gonna, I'm going to assume I'm going to fail. I'm going to assume I'm going to make mistakes, but that excites me because it means I'm closer to where I'm going. And I always say too that, you know, you're all about building yourself and that I'm never going to arrive. And we were just talking to the kids about this the other night. I don't know what we were talking about, something with college or schooling. And I said, I hope you kind of never figure out what you really want to be and do. Like, I hope you're continually like, this sounds good for now. And, but the stamp that we put, especially on, on kids is like, what do you want to do? Well, if you don't want to be like uh. a doctor or a lawyer or an accountant, like, I don't know. And this is silly. We are watching the making of Frozen 2 with the girls. And there are all these cool parts of animators and voiceovers. And I said, you don't even know what's out there for you. You don't even know that's a job. And so how exciting to just say yes to things that feel good, say yes to. And so for me, that's failing right? It's doing all these things. You know, you're the expert in this, but I'm laughing at myself because I said to Adam the other day, I think I should start a virtual book tour. He's like, well, what's that? I go, I don't know. I don't know what that is. And I said, I'm just going to start putting it out there. He's like, and then he asks me the smart questions to which I respond. I don't know to every one of them. And so I will completely fail. I will completely not do it right. I'll completely do, but I don't care because I'm moving. I'm doing something. And even if you're doing something is an acknowledgement that you're not, I'll take that as an answer. Yeah. That means you're acknowledging that in the moment you'd like to sit with this for a minute, that's moving. Like, okay, but I don't have a fear of failing. I just, I've never have had a fear of that. I think it's because of my default. Most of the time, nothing's going to be too horrible. Yeah. Well, it's a good, it's a really good reminder. And you're right. I mean, we're, we're either we're sitting in our fear and not getting anywhere because on the other side of fear is everything we want. 
So if we want that, we've got to take a step forward and we've got to risk like, okay, so some people aren't going to like it or okay, I might fall down the first time or whatever happens, but you're right. It's progress. We're moving forward. And I think that's even more powerful when it is anchored in what feels like a calling or a purpose or a message that we really want to share in the world. And it's, it's beautiful. I love, thank, thank you for moving forward or we wouldn't be reading your book. We wouldn't be experiencing this. You wouldn't have this platform. You know, but you too, for listening to that inside and, you know, it is about sacrifice and it's about, you know, I always say too, that I think people think that I get out of bed with like birds chirping over me and rainbows happening. And, and I say though, it is such a choice. It is such a choice for me to get up with intention and show up for myself every day. It is not by accident. It is it's a lot of work. But to me, it is, it's giving myself the best self I can give. I mean, I just think otherwise, all of a sudden five years passes and I'm still here. And if here isn't where I want to be, then I'm not sure what I'm doing. And we all know that that's like depressing. It just doesn't work. And so, you know, if, if somebody doesn't have a big calling or they don't know what they want to do, like you said earlier, it's about the small movements. Yeah. Follow your passion. Yeah, what do you like to do? It's, and you can use the two criteria that you talked about earlier. It's like say yes to what feels good in your heart and use joy as a filter. I mean, how beautiful is that? And just keep doing that over and over again. That's when the universe starts just throwing the doors open. That's when magic and synchronicity happen. It doesn't, I know purpose can sound so incredibly overwhelming. And for me, it was for the longest time. And then I kind of tripped into my purpose by actually showing up for myself first. Oh, I love that. that- was so beautifully said. That's exactly true. And, and again, just believing that you're worth it to figure out what it might be yeah. and know, and being okay that you don't know, and that it'll probably take a million different shapes. Yeah, absolutely. So before I, I like to do this little rebel roundup thing at the end, but before I do, is there anything else related to your book, your message that you want to dig into a little bit more? Anything around beauty counter? I know that clean beauty is huge. By the way, I use the counter time products and I love them for what, for what it's worth. I'm 50 and I'm like, for the number of people who say, well, you don't look 50. I'm like, well, thank you. So it's genetics and some of it's beauty counter. <laughs> you don't. You're so sweet to even give me that platform. You know, I've been with Beauty Counter for about five years. And for people that don't know about it, it is a brand that has safe and high performing products. But the thing that I think is most interesting and what called me to that company is that we do a lot of advocacy work. So we are, in fact, trying to change the law so that there are not harmful ingredients and things that we buy because sadly, there are not many regulations over our personal care products. So it's a very, very big journey. There has not been a law change since 1938. So we have a lot of work to do. And I just, that's another, you know, kind of to to wrap it all up. I feel like that's another source of, I kind of look at this little pie chart and think about, okay, what in my life am I doing to fill certain needs? And it's like, okay, so beauty counters in my life, because I was passionate about sharing what I know with friends and family about their health, right? So that's spoke to me. Then I also do mission work in Honduras. And that speaks to me. So we do that. And I've got godchildren. And like, that's another facet. And then I did this other thing with this, it's called the neighborhood project, which is like connecting people. And so the reason I share those things is because, you know, what is it that, what is it that fills you up? There's got to be things. And if you are always doing that, you're meeting new people, you are, um, and when I say networking, I don't mean for business reasons. I just mean, don't you want a rich life of people that can add, I don't want everyone that looks and sounds like me. 
that's so boring. Like I want all different walks of life. And so that's why this whole Honduras mission work that we do, that fills my cup in a whole different way. And so, but that requires, yes, that requires you taking the moment to say, I'm worth figuring out what gives me joy. That I don't really think anything falls into your lap necessarily. Like you've got to be open to it. Yeah. And paying attention. So exactly as you said, it's like, oh, actually stopping to say, what, what's registering in my body? Is it filling me with joy? Does this not feel so good? What am I feeling? Even just spending the time, often we're moving so fast and this busyness culture, you know, I'm hoping that COVID has, you know, one of the gifts is to slow people down that you're serving other people all day long that's actually not filling you like how many things do we do for other people I don't mean work I mean commitments whatever it is because for other people and you know that's just not a great way to live I mean it takes a it takes a lot none of these things are easy but again one thing we can all do one thing we can all do one thing. That's so, that, that's, let's, let's land on that. We can all do one thing. And I think the one thing and getting really clear on what each one of us is rebelling for. And by the way, it doesn't just have to be one thing, right? But it can start with one thing and then it can grow. It can be all those pieces that you just described, which sounds like a really fulfilling life. Because that's what lights you up. That's what lights your soul on fire. And so each one of us, it's our responsibility to figure that out. And then we can come from this place of profound service and share that back with the world. So I am not going to ask you about your hair because you tell that story in the book and I want people to go buy the book because I just love the story of like, oh, and then I ended up with this amazing haircut that's pretty much defined you and sort of like, it certainly does when you walk in a room. And for those of you who are not watching this, you'll see a picture of Christina as I promote it. How do you describe, how do you describe your hair? It is so badass. That's the thing that attracted to me, me to you when I first saw you in in class. And I was like, and I'm sure you get that because people are like, either like, oh my God, wow, I've never seen crazy hair like that. Or people like me were like, oh, that is a woman I need to know because any woman who's old, right? That's what I thought. I was like, oh my God, she's bold. She's confident. She wears that so well. Like I was just like, I need to know her. You're so nice. So it's just sort of like spiky and sticks up. And then I dyed a platinum not too long ago. But I think what's funny is that I can't even tell you how many people now since getting the book have written me letters saying, apologizing, saying that they really prejudged me prior to knowing me and just seeing my hair and seeing all this. And on there, I get funny comments all the time. Like, you know, so we have a minivan cause I have like a thousand kids. And so I remember like, I'll be at like Starbucks and I get out of the minivan and I'll literally have people come up to me like, Oh, I wasn't expecting that. Like funny comments about, you know, dismantling what this look can really mean. And it has nothing to do with like trying to be a badass or trying to be fancy or trying to be, it just happens to be who I am. And And you you own it. Whether or not not I want it as a badge, it is one. And so, you know, that's why I always encourage people, what's your badge? Like it doesn't even have to be an outward one, but yeah. But yeah, this crazy hair, I mean... I got to tell you, girl, I love it. I love that it at least sparked a conversation between you and I, because maybe in some way it's another filter for you because people like me who come up to you and just like, I love it. And I know I need to know you and I don't even know why yet. (laughs) I just love people who are bold in the world. 
Well, my family laughs because that happens often. And it's all because of my hair. Like I would always joke around like people don't really like me. They just like my hair or people don't know who I am. They just know my hair. Like, and so it was a funny thing because it's hard to miss, but it is, it's part of, part of the journey. I have to say I am, while I love your entire look and I will continue to, it'll, you you and your Instagram will continue to be one of my favorite, one of my favorite feeds ever. I am so happy that what I've gotten to know is everything on the inside. And I am so thrilled that you're also sharing that with the world and that, yeah, it's, it's really powerful because I didn't even know all of that, right? And I know this is only the starting point for us having more of these conversations. And I honestly can't wait. And I'm so glad I got to share you with my audience as well as a way to, yeah, maybe this is the kickoff to like getting out for that virtual book tour, which by the way, we should talk about because I have been talking about doing the same thing. I can teach you all the things I've already been doing wrong. There <laughs> I love it. And I can share from my end as well. And maybe we can even meet up for one. We could do a virtual, could do a virtual session together, which would be so much fun. There's so much overlap in our messages. I actually think we could do it and it would be really cool. So let me ask you these. I have at the end, so I do a monthly newsletter called Soul Fuel. And in, in that newsletter, FUEL is an acronym for fascinating underlining, experiencing, and listening. And I thought it would be a fun thing when we have time. I tell you, I've been running really long on these interviews, but I think people are hanging in there. I would love to talk about what's these, and these are quick answers, right? Think about like Mad Libs, fill in the plank. I'm going to go through each one. So for fascinating, who or what is intriguing you at the moment? Who or what is intriguing me at the moment? I think at the very moment, does it have to be a person? No, who could be who or what could be a thing too. Okay, what, what is intriguing me at the moment is seeing how people are becoming out of allies and more activists with our racial crisis. So how do you become a co-conspirator? That's what's fascinating to me. So moving from being what they say is an actor to an ally to a co-conspirator and watching that has been for me, the most fascinating right now. I love that you brought that up because I wrote that in my last Soul Fuel. I talked about how being a co-conspirator and having skin in the game and literally being like locked to arms is, is the most powerful way for us to be responding to this, especially as white people. So yeah, I love that you brought that up. I'm sure we could have another hour-long conversation on that as well. So underlining, what's got your highlighter in overdrive, uh, i.e., what are you reading these days? What am I reading these days? Oh, I like short snippets of things. I just got done, I love true crime. So I, what's it called? The golden hour? No, the darkest hour. It's Michelle McNamara. And so Gillian Flynn does the opening and long story short, she's a sorority sister of mine that I lived with in college. Oh, how so, fun. I know, so random, so random. And so I'm reading it really because of her. And so, but I'd say the topic for underlying for me is true crime and not because it helps me inspire people or because of anything else, but it's candy to me and I need to turn my brain off. And so for me, otherwise I go to bi- biographies and, and sometimes it's too intense. Yeah. Brain candy is definitely necessary. So I love it. It's also like a little palate cleanser. <laughs> I would say that's what, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what fiction is for me in between all of the nonfiction that I tend right. to read. I love it. So experiencing is who, what, or where is giving you rocket fuel? Like what's fueling you up? Who, what, or where? <sighs> experiencing who, what, or where? I got to say the where are my four walls. 
because we have been in them since March 17th. And so for me, it's about experiencing these walls without ever leaving, leaving them to get fuel from someplace else. So for me, it's about waking up every day knowing, at least for our family, we're isolating. So we're not moving. How do I make today different? And so the experience of never leaving. And so my environment, which fuels me greatly, and I'm not able to leave it, is taking work. It's taking work to look at it with a different eye. It's taking work to experience rooms differently and get inspiration from them. I know it's pithy, but that's how I've been thinking about it. And keep it fresh. Yeah, I love that because I'm sure a lot of people are in the exact same situation. And with kids, you have four kids. So it's like, how do you keep... I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just going to say, but it's also like, I don't have a lot of tolerance for like that victim mentality of it. It's like, okay, if if I'm lucky enough that no one's sick and I'm at home and I have a house, like, you know, boo-hoo, we have to stay home. Big deal. Look around you, figure it out. Like, isn't it much better to have a positive? Like, I'll be Charlie Brown with you for a little bit, but then I need to get out. Like, I cannot wallow much longer. So, you know, think about something different. Something's got to motivate you. Change change the scenery. Do something. And what they always say, boredom is the best creative tool you can have. That's exactly right. Yeah, necessity is the mother of invention. <laughs> it's probably like create create what you need. All right, and the last one is listening. So who or what are you listening to that's lighting you up? Oh, listening so much. So right now I'm listening to a podcast called The Warmth of Our Sun. So I am in, I'd say, three different groups right now that are all about racism. And one of them is called Aware. And so I'm listening right now to sort of like this one book called The Warmth the Warmth Under the Sun. And it's just talking about sort of the, the immigration and the highlighting um, all the sacrifice and the issues that happened at that point because it's not something that we really learned about as kids. And it kind of was passed over. So I'm doing a ton of listening. And for me, as somebody that likes to talk, I'm not doing a lot of it. I'm trying to really listen. So that's a powerful world, I think, in our climate right now. But I'm trying to listen and then act. Yeah, amen to that. Amen to that. Really be somebody that was, I'll keep my mouth shut, you know, like I used to really operate that way. And of course, now realizing that that is the worst thing you could possibly do. And so a lot of learning. But I I don't mean to cut you off right there is what I would say though is especially with this, I am 100% committed to making the mistakes to sharing something maybe that got received poorly, but I'm going to do it anyways, because I'm going to go back to I'm trying and I'm hoping that my intentions will at least make up for a mistake that I make. But I don't think it's a time in our life right now that we need to be paralyzed by that fear. Yeah, it's not a time it's not a time for silence. Exactly. Let's speak up and we'll learn the lessons as we go. You're absolutely right. That's really powerful. Thank you for landing us and and sort of ending there. So where can people find you? Cuz I know you have inspired a lot of people through this conversation. So how can they connect with oh, you? Fine. So a couple of things. You can find my book on Amazon. You can also find it on Barnes and Noble. And I think you can also do like an iBook thing. But Instagram for me is really where I live. And where I message the most, my Instagram stories. So that's really my main source of communication with people. And what I love about it is that I feel like I've really built a community there. And it's really my place of connection. Yes. Well, we have that in common too. I always say Instagram is my playground. 
like, it's my favorite place to play. It's like, the, yeah. I love the visual, but like the microblogging aspect of it. And then it's just like, oh, it feeds my soul seeing, you know, seeing, you know, your, your feed and all, oh my gosh, it's such goodness. So that's awesome. So people can connect and we'll have all of that stuff in the show notes and the stuff that you said around fuel too, because I love, we'll, we'll share some of that too. Everybody should be, you know, digging, digging and learning, listening and acting exactly as you said. And I'm so grateful that you spent this time with me and that you were willing to dive in. So thank you. And thank you for writing this book that ultimately brought you and I back together. It's so beautiful. I would love nothing more than to share your message and your book and your podcast with, because again, I think that anyone that has any interest in me will have a thousand percent interest in you. And it's a message that I hope that we can continue. And I hope we can share it together in some way, somehow. 100% we will. We'll figure it out and let's do it. As soon as we can do something in person, we are totally meeting in the hood and doing something in person. Completely doing it. That's awesome. Thank you again, Christina. And thanks for everybody for listening and watching. And we will see you again next week. Ciao. Bye. Hey, Rebel. Thanks for listening. If you were inspired by what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review so our fellow rebel souls can find us. We have big work to do together. And if you want to dive deeper, head on over to my website at soulbatical.com and follow me at soulbatical on Instagram. Until next time, stay bold, brave, and badass, and never stop asking, what am I rebelling for?